is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I get into fan interaction. Mike Bennett sent out an interesting tweet calling out all wrestlers saying, hey, that word mark, negative, let's appreciate the fans. Have the fans been appreciated? And what's that fan interaction been with pro wrestlers? We get into that. Also, my power rankings. Who's my five, four, three, two, and one this week in the world of pro wrestling? All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. For the most part, I feel like wrestlers are without a doubt, more accommodating than any other form of entertainment. But, but I will say this, and I'm not, I'm not, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But again, I don't know what wrestlers say about their fans behind the scenes. Maybe there's, maybe they're not appreciated. I don't know. I don't know because that, that tweet was directed towards wrestlers, not fans. How long were you around the NFL? 13 years. How long have you been an Uber fan of the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, 40 years, if, or if not more. Without mentioning names, how did NFL players treat their fan base? 50-50, some that treated their fans really well and some that did not treat their fans well at all. Any other major sports where you winter, w- witnessed interaction with athletes and fans? Uh, NHL. I, I worked with the NHL for a while. I would say that was probably more 75-25. Uh, as far as you know, their most most hockey players appreciated and and dealt with their fans. But at but on the other side too, bully, especially in the NFL, I've seen some fans that were completely like disrespectful and just shoving stuff in players' faces. Going back to, I mean, just shoving ball. Like I I, I remember I remember being with a an NFL player. And walking the sh- and like him being almost a cot, like just like fans, just like wouldn't wouldn't let him move. And finally, he had to like seriously like run. He had to run to his hotel because like fans were just like shoving pictures and footballs in his face. Where he was just like at first he was like, all right, guys, slow down, let me sign it. And then it got just more people added on because now oh my god, there's what so and so, and he had to literally run to his hotel. So I've seen both sides of it. Do you think it's fair if a wrestler is, let's just say the walking through the airport thing, because that's where a lot of fans do catch up with wrestlers or even in the lobby of the hotel. Do you think it's fair for a fan to walk up to the wrestler, a wrestler and say, can you please sign my eight by 10? And can I please take a picture with you? I think that's respectful. I think that's fine. Sure. Totally agree. Do you think it's fair when fans walk up to a wrestler in an airport or a hotel lobby and say, can you sign these 10 items for me? Yeah, that's 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 ridiculous. And and I've seen that too. That, that's awful. where that gray area comes in. That's where the wrestler says to the fan, dude, come on. No, th- this is too much. There's other people here that want to get something. Plus, you know, you're just going to turn around and try to sell this. And that's where the fan now takes to social media and goes, oh, I met so-and-so. He was a jerk because he wouldn't sign my this, this, and that. And normally, and, and, and it's not just one item. And this is where that gray area comes in. 
Because like I said, I've, I've only seen fellow wrestlers be rude to fans that deserved it. Yes, there's the anomaly. Every once in a while, something, something happens. But across the board, wrestlers are really nice to their fan base. Because in any form of entertainment, wrestlers, I feel, know that it's here today and can be gone tomorrow with the flip of the pencil. One side of the pencil makes you a millionaire and the world heavyweight champion. The other side of the pencil puts you on food stamps without a job. And that's how easy it can happen. Doesn't happen like that in the NFL or MLB. You could wake up. Roman Reigns could wake up today. He was penciled in as the world heavyweight champion. He could wake up today and Vince can flip that pencil around, erase his name, and he's done. That well, you know what, too? Yeah, what's that? That quick. Yeah. So that's why wrestlers have that appreciation for their fan base. Now, really quick, Bully, like, you know, another thing, too, when it comes to uh, uh, we see a lot of um, in the world of outside of pro wrestling, we see um, memorabilia contracts. I, I had a conversation with you off the air. A lot of baseball players and a lot of NFL players have contracts with memorabilia sites or memorabilia auctions where they can't sign autographs. Now, the average fan doesn't know that. So when the average fan is asking for an autograph and, you know, the athlete blows them off and says, hey, I'm sorry, I can't sign that. Like a fan doesn't want to hear that. A fan at the airport going up to somebody and saying, excuse me, sir, but can I get an autograph? Uh, sorry, I can't. I can't do that. Then now the, 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 the fans are going to be like, this guy's an asshole. I, I'm being respectful. I'm not being a jerk. I'm saying, can I please have, you know, can I please have an autograph? And now that that fan gets blown off, he could go to social media. But like that athlete, like once they put pen to paper, uh, it sounds awful. But can't sign that autograph. It, 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 it's very, it, it's it's it's, it's, it's dicey and a very. There's a very big gray area that I don't think a fan, a lot of fans realize. Uh, I'm just gonna head out to the Twitter machine real quick before you go out to the nation on the lines. Interesting tweet from Bob. Bob, he spells it backwards. He goes, the Mike Bennett tweet is self-serving. The only way to get fans to adore him in his eyes is to attempt to throw others under the bus. The man is very talented, yes, but this is a low blow and undercuts my intelligence as a fan. I I would think that it wasn't direct. I... I I don't Dave, I, Dave, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to dumb it down to me and your level with a term that we always use. Do you believe Mike Bennett was chasing the hug on social media? I'm sure. I mean, I've been guilty of chasing the hug as well. And but but there's a, there could be some truth to it. Does it mean that, that he's chasing a hug? That there's not some truth to it? I I would think that he wasn't like everybody's great, everyone's wonderful. But I'm gonna send out this tweet so people will like me. I'm sure he sent out that tweet, tweet probably chasing the hug. But at the same time, there's probably been people that he's worked with, maybe even recently, where you know he was in the WWE, where he's like, you know what? These guys, they got they got to understand. They got to be a little bit more interactive with their fans. The fans are the lifeblood, and maybe they need to be reminded of that. There could be truth to both. I know Mike is a very positive guy, like Mike a lot, want to see the best for him. 
was uh, disappointed to hear that they had all those problems with the pay-per-view, him versus Nick Aldis. I know he's always preaching. I know he was always he's always preaching positivity, especially with his clean lifestyle, and that's all great. But reminding wrestlers as if you're the head of the wrestlers union to be nice to fans, I think wrestlers for the most part know that and do their absolute very best giving given their lifestyle and situations to be as accommodating as possible. And 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 again, bully, if you're at a restaurant, you and Velvet are at a restaurant and you're about to take a mouthful of food and somebody snaps a picture or comes up to the table and says, hey, can I get an autograph? That's not the right time. I mean, and, and the- that happens. That's the messed up part that happens. And then when they come over and you're like, hey, man, you know, we're in the middle of dinner. You know, maybe you could wait until we're done or that wasn't right to snap a picture. Then what do they do? They walk out and they immediately start to, to, you know, to, to talk shit on social media. Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime with the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with Stitcher. We kind of got into a really good discussion. I don't want to like kill the momentum of the discussion, but I also want to get uh, the interaction from our busted open nation, which I feel is really, really important. Because again, Mike Bennett, and this is not slagging on Mike Bennett in in the least. He was a he was a guest on our show last week. Awesome story. He has overcome a lot, and I think like in his own way, he's just saying in a positive way, "Hey, wrestlers, you know we use the term marks a lot." This, but these fans are our lifeblood, and we really depend on those fans. Kind of like a reminder to the wrestlers that, hey, respect those fans. Because now that we don't have those fans, we're really feeling the effects. That's so, not true, though. We do have those fans. Those fans are still there just because they're not in the arena. Hey, I just did a virtual autograph session where I had a mass turnout of fans that I got to interact with and have a blast with. Those fans are there. They didn't disappear. It's not like COVID sent them running for the hills. They're still there, Bully. But, you know, sometimes you don't appreciate what you can't see. Mike Bennett wrestled Nick Aldis in front of zero fans. Now, I get it. There's fans watching that show. But I'm sure, and and I'm sure you can attest to this too, Bully, Hey, this is new, man. Like, I get it. Like, on the indies, sometimes you wrestle in front of 50 fans, but there's 50 fans. A lot of these shows that we're seeing right now are in front of no fans. So you know people are watching, but I'm sure you feel the effects of nobody being in that audience. And listen, makes you appreciate the fans more when you can wrestle in front of those fans. Same thing with the, you're talking about a virtual meet and greet and there's people tuning in to see that virtual meet and greet. And there's probably people that are chatting with you on that virtual meet and greet as well, where there's an auction and things like that. But I'm sure it's a lot different than seeing that line of fans that are waiting to see you. Big difference. I would think. I, I got to tell you, Dave, for me, 
it's the same thing because I know all those people in that virtual chat is that line of people. We just can't have that line of people right now. I look at it the same way. I think the tweet implies that wrestlers, since he used the term wrestlers, he's, he's addressing everybody who takes a bump by saying, be more appreciative of fans. Are you implying that wrestlers in general are unappreciative fa of fans? Like, I don't know. It's it's a very broad stroke tweet putting every wrestler on the spot and, and Mike Bennett saying, hey, be nicer to the fans. Well, as a guy that's been on this planet longer than Mike Bennett and been on uh, on the road longer than Mike Bennett, been wrestling longer, been in this business, I could say from what I see over my 30 years, wrestlers have been pretty damn nice to their fans. Or maybe, or maybe, and, and we see this with social media. I'm not, I'm just throwing this out there. It doesn't mean that it's true, but maybe he's looking at himself too. Like, hey, maybe I need to be a little bit, maybe I need to be a little bit more appreciative. Okay, the then tweet to yourself. Well. You know, Dave, you know how I, I always say, I, ha I hate the like button on, on Twitter. I, I, if you go to my social media, you will not see one liked tweet on my Twitter. You know why? I don't believe in it. I think liking tweets is, um, I, I, if some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I think it's, uh, not snobby, but, uh, it just, Hitting the like button is so easy. If I'd rather interact with a fan, if a fan pays me a compliment, I'm going to do one of two things, or one of three things. I'm going to retweet the tweet. I'm going to retweet it with a comment, or I'm going to answer the fan. Not just, oh, I'll just hit the like button. Here, I'll throw you a like. I don't do that. Because if somebody took the time to tweet me something nice or ask me a question or go out of their way to pick up their Twitter machine and address me, I'm going to do my best to address you back. But that's different, too. And you know who I learned that from? Who? You know, how I, you know who I learned that interaction from? Who? Vince McMahon. To this day, the person that texts me back quickest and who has always returned a phone call or a text is Vince McMahon. Not his secretary, not him hitting a like button, nothing. Vince. And if Vince McMahon can make time for me, I can make time for my fan base. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't mean to get this deep into a discussion about Twitter, but I mean, the like button is there for a reason. It's not a blow off. A blow off would be just scroll up. But I'm just saying like, but there's things that I like on Twitter. I understand what you're saying that somebody's taking the time to tweet you, but there's things that aren't directed towards me. But like, I look at Twitter and I like it and I hit like. I mean, that means I like it. That, I mean, I'm I don't think it's a I'm blow not, off. No, you're taking it personally. <laughs> I, I just said why I don't like the like button. I didn't say you're wrong for hitting the like button or anybody else's. I understand why 99.9% .9 of people hit the like button. I just don't do it because I take it as if somebody is going to take the time to get in touch with me, especially a fan, I'm going to try to get back in touch with you. And sometimes it's just the metal horns. Sometimes it's just a fist bump. Sometimes it's just a thank you. But at least I'm taking the time to do something other than just hitting a like button. And you see fans when you respond to them like, oh, my God, bully, thanks for responding to me. Yeah, man, no problem. Thanks for putting over my match from 20 years ago that I forgot about and you remembered.
that, that's it. That, that, that's gonna, how I look at things. Good. And, and, and listen, I, 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 I appreciate that coming from you that, Hey, if a fan's going to take the time, I'm going to take the time for the fan, which I think fans would appreciate. I'm going to throw another little, you know, curve when it comes to this fan interaction, wrestler interaction, you know, sports or entertainment interaction. You know, guns are AP. He, he recently worked with uh, Steiner Sports. Brandon Steiner is the head of Steiner Sports. And if you don't know who Brandon Steiner is, he has one of the biggest like sports memorabilia empires of anybody. He started off like having exclusive deals with the New York Yankees and has built it from there. So he's dealt with a lot of Major League Baseball stars, you know, NFL stars, world of tennis, everything else, just athletes in general and some entertainers, I'm sure, from movies and from TV. But as you probably know, bully when it comes to sports memorabilia that's very very big in our country now when i talked about athletes having exclusive deals some of those exclusive deals are through steiner sports hey you know i sign specifically for steiner sports so that's where the only place where you'll see an authentic you know autograph from me is through steiner sports what's interesting now is the hot ticket is is the world of wrestling Specifically, the WWE, like, you know, NFL is is good. You know, Major League Baseball is always going to be hot. But the hot ticket right now is the WWE. So I'm wondering now that like autograph memorabilia from WWE superstars, as that gets bigger and bigger through this world of memorabilia, if you might see some of that interaction from wrestlers change over time because it's such a hot big ticket. I could understand the bigness, the business end of that Steiner deal um, with potential uh, wrestlers or potentially with wrestlers. I just think it would, it definitely hurts the interaction with the wrestler and the fan. Because I mean, what? what let, let, let's just say you're you're you know you're, you're at the gas you're, you're a wrestler you're at the gas station you're at the grocery whatever and a, a fan comes up to you and says, "Hey, can you sign this eight by ten for me?" And then you have to say no. You, you're putting yourself in such a bad position because yeah, you got paid from Steiner, but now that fan goes on social media and says, "Oh, I just met so and so, and they wouldn't even sign an eight by ten for me." It's a rough spot to be in. I, I honestly, Dave, I have always appreciated my relationship with my fan base. Be- first of all, because it's special. And there's very few people who can t- tell you about that. Like, I can tell you, Tommy can tell you, Taz can tell you, the original ECW guys can tell you, because it was that special relationship with the fan base which made me have an appreciation for fans. One of the fans that I actually, you know who I used to despise and who despised me back? Who? Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson was one of those pricks who sat in the front row of the ECW arena and then went on his website or whatever and just would bury, bury, bury. Obviously, he put over the stuff he liked, but he buried, buried. And one day I pulled him on the side and we had a talk. And I said, you know something? Bury away, but at least start your story with these guys busted their asses and they worked hard and they tried. Might not have been to your liking, but whatever. And Mike Johnson will tell you, to, you know, t- today, my, me and Mike Johnson became friendly 
after that and have a mutual respect for one another because we had a good conversation between wrestler and fan and the give and take. Yeah, I know you're not going to like every match. You might hate every single match I'm ever in, but please don't question my professionalism or the fact that I'm going to try to go out there and do my absolute best. I might have sucked that night. I might have sucked that month. I might still suck, but I'm trying my hardest. I'm like Mega Maid. I went from suck to blow. <laughs> and that's different because here's the other thing too, boy, nice Spaceballs reference, by the way. But here's the other thing too. I would think, and again, I could be wrong. You can only answer this. I couldn't. Like I would think that like wrestlers are probably more aware of things that are being said on this show or things that are being said on social media or things that are being said on the dirt sheets more so than an NFL player with like the you know uh, the the local beat writers. I, I I don't know if they really even give a shit like what a local beat writer is saying about their performance. I think they are only they only care if they if a they won the game if they did well and if the coaches are happy with their performance. I don't think they care like that some beat writer for the New York Post whether says whether they had a good game or not. But when it comes to wrestling, it's all about like those opinions because those opinions are going to matter whether, you know, you might be in a championship match at the end of the month or you might get, might get signed long term. Like you think coaches and general managers are looking, are reading the daily news and saying, all right, Manish Mehta hated uh, the performance of our left tackle. So you know what? We're not going to sign him. Hell no. But I think it matters in the world of wrestling. Am I right or wrong? I, I know for a fact that wrestlers are extremely conscious about everything that is written and said about them. Uh, not, not that they take it to heart, but they definitely read it. And I know for th this show, a majority of wrestlers listen to Busted Open because they want to hear what's being said about them. They're interested to see how their peers are analyzing them you don't think guys in the wwe want to hear what mark henry has to say about them you don't think that wrestlers all over the world want to hear what tommy's saying about them you don't think that wrestlers who know of my understanding of ring generalship and psychology aren't interested in what i have to say natty came on the show she admits she listens all the time i get plenty of texts from guys and gals within the business who are like hey thanks for putting me over on the show today of course they listen the same way wrestlers read dirt sheets because there is no other means of feedback. Yes, Twitter is feedback now. And and you you, you know you, you take the good with the bad. Here here's I got a, I got this tweet yesterday, right? Guy named Dave, Doomsday Dave, writes, I ran into Bully Ray in the airport while we were waiting for different flights. We were standing at neighboring gates. Our interaction was brief, but he showed genuine kindness and interest in what I was saying. I felt like he cared that I was his fan, made me a bigger fan of his, honestly. Now, first thing I did was hit the block button on that kid because he's yeah. ruining my heel credibility. No. But when I read something like that, I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. Because it reminds me of my Tommy Lee interaction. Or it reminds me of when Gene Simmons was in the studio and was so cool to us. And it reminds me that every star that I ever, like, marked out for was cool. So if I made this kid's day because we had a good conversation, and you know why we had a good conversation? Because he was a respectful fan. And most fans will realize if you just approach the right way, 
most wrestlers are going to be cool with you 100% of the time. I, I think that's a, a good lesson to learn for fans. Now, on the other side, too, Bully, before we break, and then I, I, then I promise we're going to go to the calls. <laughs> Here we are talking about fan interaction. I haven't gotten to one call yet. But I think this is an important discussion to have. I know I'm an asshole. But this is an important discussion to have. I, I just didn't, didn't you know I signed with Steiner Sports. Not a joke. Uh, but this is an important interaction to have because, like, you know, especially coming off an NFL Sunday, right? We have the we have an NFL Sunday. Look what happened to the Falcons against the Cowboys. Like if if you didn't pick up that onsides kick that you were supposed to, or you missed that block that caused that touchdown. Like as soon as you go off that, as soon as you walk off that field, you're getting screamed at by somebody. You're gonna get screamed at by the head coach. You're gonna get screamed out by the, you know special teams coach or the offensive. Somebody's gonna be in your face and be like, "You missed the fucking block. What's wrong with you?" Somebody's gonna be in your face. I don't know if that happens in the world of wrestling either, bully. Like if you miss a spot in a match or something went wrong, is there somebody in your face that's screaming at you? Or the only thing that you're looking for is by looking at the phone and finding out what the fans thought? Because believe me when that offensive lineman goes back to the locker room he's not picking up his phone and saying all right what did the fans think of my performance the only again the only person he cares about is that coach that's either gonna pat him on the back or gonna be in his face screaming uh nobody is in your face screaming in the world of wrestling we all uh agents producers management you have to really 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 like really make a mistake and i can't even remember an incident with, with somebody screaming there's been some stern talking to's about hey case in point me and devon madison square garden live smackdown against the rtc the night me and devon turned on the rtc put them through tables we went five minutes over on live television dave do you know what going five minutes over on live television you know how bad that is that's bad. I would think that that's pretty bad. It's it's cause for instantly being fired from a company, especially WWE. You have ruined the whole show, the whole show that was timed out. You've affected every single wrestler that's going to come behind you. You have effed up royally. Five minutes over. Got back up the ramp. I didn't even I couldn't even get my entire body through the curtain. Not because my body was too big. There's a fat joke there, but I'll take it myself. I couldn't even get my whole body through the curtain because Vince was waiting right on the other side. I was nose to nose with Vince. I could smell the protein on his breath. And he said to me, if you ever go five minutes over on my television show again, it better be as great as that just was. And he walked away. Wow. The lesson to be learned. Don't you ever do that again. But if you're gonna, make sure it's that good. That's the closest I ever came to getting yelled at. Actually, another time Vince sat me and Devon down because me and Devon slowed down in a match to help somebody else out. And Vince said, I don't pay you guys to slow down. Next time somebody does that in the ring and they can't keep, keep up, you beat them up and you blow them up and I'll deal with them. Okay, boss, you got it. That's about as much of an ass chewing or anything. And it's said with a, a stern tone, but a respectful tone. But to your point about like that lineman coach, no, nobody's yelling and screaming. And but a lot of guys 
right after their match is over, what are they doing? They're jumping on their Twitter machine. Yep. And I can't believe that sometimes. And maybe it's because I'm a little old school. If I'm a young, if, listen, if I'm a wrestler, let, let's say I had veterans on a show. Let's just say I was on Monday Night Raw tonight and uh, my segment was over. I'm not going right to my Twitter machine. I'm going to a veteran that I trust and asking them, what could I have done better? Not what did I do good or not please pat me on the ass or not please blow smoke up my ass. Be honest. What could I have? Yeah. That's it. What could I have? I already know what I did good. The fans reacted. Well, maybe not now because we're all on video screens. Tell me what I could have done better. I wish more wrestlers would be, younger wrestlers would be like that. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. All you need is a moment to get somebody over. Then the Barak Show keeps you updated on all things boxing. Let's not say that Canelo hasn't fought anybody with fighting guys on the way out. And Jimmy Smith has you covered for mixed martial arts. Do you want to look behind the curtain and see what these guys have to deal with for the amount of money they're making? The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Let's go to the Busted Open Nation. Let's go out to Paul. What's going on, Paul? What do you want to say about fan interaction? You know, thanks for taking the call, Dave and Bully, but I've always had a positive thing, cause like I say. I mean, I've, you know, I've learned, like I say, just respect. You know, I mean, they're celebrities. I've respected their privacy sometimes. Uh, a number of years ago, I saw Jericho at a, on a flight connection in Minneapolis. Um, couldn't have been any nicer. I just said, hey, I know you busy just wanted to say hey big fan could have been any nicer you know he's traveling but um like i say in college worked at a bar where in the in the heyday Paul nash i think ddp all of them came in after a show um at the bar i was bouncing at at the time and could have been any nicer to the guys you know um you know at the same time we didn't you know you, you weren't all over and respected them and whatever but then like i say i mean a lot of other times too working you, you'd see various things and i just like you say i could live events like literally waiting by rental cars and stuff like that but uh like i say i've always just learned to respect uh, their privacy a lot and i could tell like you know just from being in business and traveling and my best one for me was probably i was still in college and i remember i was driving home from school and i met uh at, at on the turnpike um draws you know probably right before his unfortunate injury and i probably talked to him for 20 minutes, he's just getting something to eat, and, you know, he saw, I said, hey, do you mind, uh, you know, this is the time before, you know, smartphones and everything, I see mine autographed, and, just, you know, signed a couple things, you know, talked you know, for probably 10 minutes, you know, in a rest area on the turnpike up in Ohio, but uh, I said, I mean, there's, I've seen plenty of people ruin it, you know, like I say, for, you know, having, like I say, worked at restaurants and stuff and everything, but it's, it's like I say, I've always had a positive experience with them, especially the bigger stars, I mean, you know, Nash couldn't have been any better of a guy, you know, and it's like a Thursday night after a thunder taping, you know, so, but I appreciate you guys squeezing me in. All right. You got it, Paul. And thanks for the phone call. And, you know, you mentioned like, you know, like a Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho bully. Like I remember in his book, he writes about when he was with the WWE and he was a heel, he would not sign autographs. And he said that a lot of fans got pissed off at him. But he really bought into that heel persona. He didn't want any merchandise sold with his name on it, and he wasn't going to sell, you know, take you know, take pictures or sign autographs. So in the world of wrestling, too, maybe not so much anymore. But you mentioned MJF, but for the most part, you don't get that. Like what 
you got 15, 20, 25 years ago. When me and Devon got the call from WWE and they, uh, they wanted to sit down and talk with us when we were in ECW, we had two meetings. Our first meeting was with the entire creative team at the time, and our second meeting was just with JR and Vince. And I remember talk, saying to Vince, uh, hey, Vince, listen, me and Devon are old school heels. You know, we don't take pictures with fans. We don't sign autographs. We don't do any of that stuff. I'm, not, I'm telling Vince McMahon this. And he started to laugh and he put his hand on my knee and he goes, Bubba, this is the World Wrestling Federation. You're going to be a superstar. You will sign autographs and you will take pictures. And like the light bulb went off. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right, Vince. I'll take pictures. It's as he used the Vince Jedi mind trick on me. With him, it's a Sith mind trick. But yeah, I got it. You know, and, and Devon got it too. It's like, this is not that old school wrestling that you're used to. This is a different world where we're all, you're going to be a megastar and you're going to cater to your fan base. People are going to recognize you and we base everything on our fans. So you're going to have to change that attitude and you're going to have to take some pictures and sign some autographs. Let's go out to Jerry in Virginia. Jerry, what did you want to say about fan interaction? Hey, uh, you know, I've had several experiences, but, you know, I've witnessed the good and the bad on one day uh, here in Richmond at the Marriott behind the uh, Richmond Coliseum. Um, is where the wrestlers used to stay. And just two blocks the other way is the low-income government housing. One day we were all standing outside the uh, Marriott waiting to you know, get autographs or whatever, and two little kids rode up on their bike, probably about 10-year-old, two boys, and, you know, they parked their bikes over on the side, and, you know, they were happy when wrestlers would come out and sign their whatever it was they had, I don't remember. And then Triple H came out, and the boys, you know, there's about 10 people when I uh, were out there. And the boys, you know, everybody just let the boys go up first. And Triple H looked at him, and he was like, I don't sign autographs. He got in his car and left, you know. And then Goldberg came out, and he was talking to the little boys and everybody out there. And you Well, know, well Jerry, when was the, was, Jerry, when was this? Uh, oh, long time ago, early 2000s, mid-2000s maybe. Yeah, so then, and Jerry, thanks for the phone call. That might have been a case of what I'm talking about with Chris Jericho. Because the time I'm talking about with Chris Jericho was, this is going, this is like 2009, 2010. So if you're talking about now 20 years ago, that might have been a case where like, you know what, Triple H is buying into his character. He's a heel and he's not signing autographs. And here's the deal. Anybody who has a problem with that, just look to MJF today. He's a complete prick when you meet him. It's not like when people, people that come away from an MJF autograph session or, or, or meet him, it's not like they're coming away going, oh, wow, MJF was really nice. He's never nice. He's a douche nozzle. Yeah, you got your picture, you got your piece of paper signed, whatever, but he was completely rude to you. So is it, is it okay for MJF to do it today, but it wasn't okay for Jericho or Triple H to do it then? 20 years it, ago. Yeah, 20, I mean, come on. I mean, I, I, I mean, why is it, why can one wrestler be, uh, uh, you know, if one wrestler's not accommodating, we're going to bury him on social, on social media, but MJF was a total prick to you, and oh, we love MJF. 
Yeah, like, why is it okay to buy into one character and not buy into another character? And, like, I know the times are different, but when I was a little kid, I wasn't going up to the Wild Samoans asking for an autograph. They were bad guys. I'm not asking the bad guys for autographs because they are. They're bad bad guys on TV. They're bad characters. They're bad personalities. And, Dave, like, I always talk about connecting the dots on this show, whether it's storytelling or character. The last thing a true heel wants is that real-life interaction. Because then when you meet a heel in real life and they're really nice to you, once you see them on your TV, the hatred diminishes. Exactly. And you never want that hatred to diminish. Because the more you're hated, the more the other guy is loved. So being nice, quote-unquote, nice to those fans on the outside actually affects your persona inside the ring and it affects your money affects your ability to be a money drawing heel which the business lacks desperately these days money drawing heels a superstar billy graham who was a heel world heavyweight champion in the old wwf who was selling out madison square garden unheard of but that's how much heat he had that's why that's, heels, heels work. And that's why I love MJF. The reason I loved MJF as much as I do bully, because nobody's cheering MJF. Why would you? Even if you are, even, you could be 10 years old asking for an autograph, he's going to give you the middle finger. That's why he, people call up for somebody. Think about this, bully. He's 24 years old. When Tommy and I are talking about greatest heels, we have people calling in about somebody that's been in the business for a cup of coffee compared to a lot of these other heels that we were talking about. At 24, people are saying he's the best heel in pro wrestling. Well, to be the best heel in pro wrestling, you can't be like, hey, let me, or yeah, let me sign your autograph. Yes, son, let me take your picture. But don't forget, boo me in an hour when we go to the arena. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And, and he's willing to take the lumps. And he's willing to take the heat on social media because he believes in his personality and he believes in his character. About a month ago, I get caught in the YouTube rabbit hole. And I'm watching some Roddy Piper stuff. And Roddy Piper is doing an interview. And he said, it's the bad guy that draws the money. Now, I've known this my whole life. But when you hear Piper say it, and you know damn well that WrestleMania 1 doesn't happen the way it's supposed to happen without Roddy Piper. it's, It's like so crystal clear. Without Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker is a whiny, punk-ass bitch. Good will always need evil. If the devil ain't got no heat, Jesus can't blow a comeback. That's been it since since day one. You need that. And, and And that's why I believe we're getting too watered down in the wrestling business where everybody is afraid of heat. MJF is not afraid of heat, God bless him. But a lot of wrestlers are afraid of heat because they're afraid of the backlash on social media. They want to be loved. If you want to be loved, be a babyface. If you want to be hated, be hated 
That's what works. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. It is time now for the quintessential Dave LaGreca Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. And we start off in the world of Impact Wrestling at number five. Kick to the back of the head by Kiera Hogan. And Kiera Hogan, beautiful move there. There's the bridge, hands locked, and Kiera Hogan defeats Kaya Valkyrie. Wow, it sounds so strange. Listen to Impact because you don't hear any fan interaction at all because there are no fans. But I had Kiera Hogan at number five, Bully, with a big win over Taya. We've talked about Kiara Hogan on this show, and she has a great tag team going on with Tasha Steeles. But I think both of them could do very, very well on their own. And when you get a big win like she got over Taya on a Tuesday night, she deserves a number five spot. At number four, we go to the world of NXT. The Reckoning, center of the ring, covered by Priest to retain his North American title. Now, this was an interesting one, Bully, because you mentioned, like, when you heard, first heard about Damian Priest and Thatcher, you're saying, eh, doesn't really do a lot for me on paper. But in execution, it was fantastic. And I actually, when I saw the match, thought of you, Bully, because you said styles make a fight. And that's definitely the case when you look at Thatcher and Damian Priest. And Damian Priest has done a lot with that North American championship. We talk a lot about not building a lot of personalities and characters in NXT, because as soon as you do, you might get the call up to Raw and SmackDown. Damian Priest has done a really good job as champion and also recently developing his character. At number three, a tag match and maybe one of their best tag matches with AEW. Two, three, oh! God, they, with an assist. And the coaching Atomic Lantern, FTR, pull one out the bottom of the ninth. It may not have been pretty. It may have been bowling too ugly. But it was a win nonetheless. And the tag kids stay undefeated. In a match with Luchadoris and Jungle Boy, and I think it did a lot for Jungle Boy, and I think he's going to be a big star with AEW, but I really truly meant it, Bully, when I said that I know it's just another title to defense for FTR, but I thought it was one of their best matches so far with AEW, and your tag champions are at number three. At number two, this is somebody that a lot of people have been talking about the last few weeks in the world of not just AEW, but the world of pro wrestling. It's got Thunder Rosa hooked up and tombstone pile driver. And Thunder Rosa with a, another big match, another big win. Your NWA women's champion defending that title against Ivelisse this past Wednesday and Thunder Rosa at number two. At number one, this is another tag team. It's from AEW. And some people saying this has been one of the best fights that they've seen in some time. Shred, what in the hell? He's got Orchie. One, two, three. Whoa. What an amazing, 
Best friends in AEW, the mom at the end of the show flipping the bird to kind of wrap the show up. And you know what? Best friends really haven't had that chance to shine. Not only they do it on, on Wednesday, but they do it in the main event as well. So really quick, Bully, Kiara Hogan at five, Damian Priest at four, FTR at three, Thunder Rosa at two, and Best Friends at number one. You know, about a week or so ago, you included uh, two acts in one uh, power ranking. I don't remember the names, but you said, I can't give this person a spot unless I put the other person up there also because they were so important to the match. And I said, well, there you go again, you know, making your own rules. When I try to do it, you always get mad about it. Now you're trying to do it. And all of a sudden it's supposed to be okay. How do you put best friends at number one without including proud and powerful? It's hard not to put proud and powerful. Uh, Santana Ortiz, who were guests on our show last week, in a losing effort. And again, great seeing them in the main event. If you want to put them with best friends, I'm completely fine with that because that was definitely a main event for the ages in AEW, Bully. I know what I would do. I would have put them there also, but how come you didn't do it when last week or the week before you did do it? I think because for me, Bully, in my opinion, like with best friends, like Santana Ortiz have been a top tag team with AEW since they started there. There is no doubt. And I, and again, they showed that they deserve to be in the main event spot. But when I look at best friends and tell me you're, if, uh, if I'm wrong, I just never perceive them in the world of AEW, not only just being a top team, not even a team that's in the championship hunt, but a team that just des- just never won. They just seem to be a team that other teams got over on. And not only did they get a win, but they get a win in the main event. I felt for me this week, they deserved the top spot by themselves for that reason alone. Because Santana Ortiz, we've seen them win many or many times. But man, best friends just not have been able to get that win. Big win for best friends. I felt for this week, they deserved the spotlight on their own. You just made my case for why Proud and Powerful belong in the number one spot with best friends. Because you said, basically, nah, you never really see them. And when you do see them, they're losing. And nah, they don't really strike a chord with you. I even said they weren't really doing it for me. And then all of a sudden, whoosh! And one night, they're at your number one spot and all this. Why? Because of Proud and Powerful. Without that team across from them, they can't be in the number one spot. That's why I would give it to all four of those guys. Um... Once again, you're putting your own personal favoritism into this power <laughs> rankings because you have Thunder Rosa at number two and uh, Damian Priest at number four. Uh, Priest versus Thatcher was a far better wrestling match, physical match, executed match than Thunder Rosa and Eva Lee. So I'm not saying that Thunder Rosa does not belong on this list, but not at number two. I would flip flop Priest and Thunder Rosa. And really quick, before uh, we take a break and go right back to the phones, Bully, FTR, I really do feel that was their best outing since they've signed with AEW. And Kiara Hogan, with that win over Taya, like, again, a really good tag team in Impact Wrestling. But you, I think you're looking at two amazing females on Impact Wrestling that are definitely somebody that are main event worthy. Uh, I really wish Impact Wrestling was on a stronger network right now. Um, 
I'm glad that they're on access. And for the 50 million homes across the United States that do get access, I mean, that's great. Impact's fan base is uh, very loyal on social media. They've stuck with them. I think they have a product that's similar to AEW in a lot of way where they offer you a variety of entertainment. I mean, look at how they went outside of the box with Wrestle House. And that seemed to be a lot, a lot of fun. Um, I wish more people could get their eyes on Impact Wrestling. I think we'd have, uh, I, I think we'd have a, an interesting third brand to really, really talk about and compare to the other ones. And I think what you're getting from AEW is something that uh, Impact Wrestling has been trying to do for a long time. It just doesn't have as much eyes on it. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.